Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Marvel Guys podcast. My name is Jordan, and as always, I am here with the guy who has somewhere between negative one and one current children. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I like that. I actually, yeah, that's a good one. That thread was crazy, but yeah. The absolute value of zero, I think, is still zero. <laughs> and that is what I'm saying. Yes. With. Yes. I don't know. I took like four math classes in college and only one of them turned out well. <laughs> so today we have we have a few things going on. We got the news section. Uh it's fairly simple right now. There's a couple things out. Uh we have a top ten of characters that we want to see in the MCU moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um and then we have your fourth uh, story from the comic book series that you are working on right now. Yeah. I got to say, I am thrilled for this top 10. I think this one easily is my favorite top 10 that we've done so far. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense because yeah. you are the comic background and the ideas of things to do flow from your head much more than I, because I am a picture person. (laughs) I need to see things to to get them. But to me, that's what makes it interesting even more because like I am thoroughly in, in, in like immersed, immersed, but at the same time, I am like more interested in your top 10 than you probably are interested in my top 10 guaranteed. Mine's somewhat simple. Yeah, but, but I like that. We'll see how it goes. Like, uh, full disclosure, I had probably a list of maybe 40 characters right. that I narrowed down to 10, and it was hard. It was extremely hard, and I was putting a lot of thought into it, unlike the previous top 10s. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, I am super excited for your top 10. Well, I am going to somewhat let you say why I should be excited about my own top 10 characters because (laughs) as you know I have familiarity Mm -hmm. with all of them but it is familiarity in the sense that I've heard of them yeah and I know kind of who they are Yeah, yeah but I'll tell you why I'm excited for the possibility of them or them coming soon and then you can follow up on why I should be more excited than I even am. Okay. Okay. I like that, that. I, okay. I can, I can see that. But first, going through some of our recent news topics. Um, as we know, Marvel news never stops. It just slowly rolls through the stop sign. Yeah. Um, Black Panther has been announced to be starting uh, their shooting in july 2021 and the first thing i said was that seems early based on them having to scrap at least a decent amount of the script obviously because Mm -hmm. it was centered around chadwick yeah um so what what do you take from this uh and (laughs) what should we take anything from this as in they have a script or do you think that's when they think they'll have the script? I see. I'm taking from this that they already have a script or at least the makings of one, or at least it's like 80% done. And to me, 
that's probably the most exciting news possible because I'm not going to spoil anything for the top 10 because I feel like something massive is going to happen in Black Panther 2. And if they already are going to begin filming in 2021 in July, then that means that they've had this planned already, which is already an indication that, okay, we've had this big plan, this big blip on our radar for a while now that we want to do. And to me, this says this is our future going forward. Like we've already got something established for the future of the MCU and if they go this route, yeah, I'm very, very excited. We'll save details for the list, but yes, yes or no, um, do you think part of this is because they didn't actually have Chadwick in a overwhelmingly large role in Black Panther 2? Do you think Black Panther was actually just one of the many pieces of the movie, yes or no? I'm tempted to say yes. Okay. I would that's, say yes, but we'll get into that. Later. That's tough because Chad's Chadwick. It's T'Challa. He's of course the central entity. But maybe the storyline wasn't centered around him. right. So right, he got his story in mm, the first movie. So. Exactly. Um, yeah. It, for me, it was very interesting that they're announcing it this quickly. I mean, it's only been like a month or month and a half or so. Uh, time flies, so I may be off by a little bit. Who knows? Uh, but it hasn't been long. Yeah, And I don't know. I think they have a structure. I think they probably always had a plan A, plan B situation mm-hmm. um, just in case, you know, things weren't going well in other areas of the MCU. They could always flip it. Right. Uh, I think that's what you have to do when you're operating in this universe. <clears throat> um, always have something ready. And I think they're excited uh, about expanding the roles of the others. Uh, as Shaq would call them in the in the Black Panther scope. So my feeling is that this was centered around somebody else and mm-hmm. the maintenance of Black Panther was really the secondary storyline uh, of him serving as king, right, which is not as uh, propulsive um, if that's a word towards the next story. I think, um, we could see another character uh, be propelled that we've you know heard is going to be a part of the movie um, mm-hmm. and that could lead to even bigger better things so um yeah that's that's my thoughts on that really I, I'm excited super excited that it's not being delayed by like a year uh, obviously it's probably gonna be pushed back a little bit um but hey everything's starting to get filmed now uh dr Strange 2 has already begun um, its preliminary, you know, filming stuff. And that kind of leads us to uh, a a casting info that um, an actor from, what was it, Narcos, uh, is now being cast as a possible antagonist in Doctor Strange. Uh, what, what What are your thoughts on a potential villain coming from this TV show? I'm... Pretty excited. Narcos was really good. Um, and once again, I mean, you're adding people in that are already like doing a good job elsewhere and they're already like established actors. I think, in all honesty, if we're really thinking about this logically, like 
actors today are so much more profound than they were back back in the day. So I think that it's like easier to find a diamond in the rough. It's easier to like cast somebody and then do well because there's just an abundance of like really good actors that are just like not well known. Like, so, you know, I, I think that to me, if you are being cast in the MCU, they feel so strongly about you and your talents that they're not really worried about it. And so it like, I think it like relieves a little bit of stress from the actor. So if you get cast in the MCU, man, you're doing something well. They obviously brought you in for a reason and they're going to let you do you. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. Right. And one of the things that we just kind of came across when we were scrolling um, is that the and we already kind of knew this, that Feige wanted uh, Tom Cruise uh, Krasinski and Blunt for the non uh, signed, you know, casting uh, questions, I guess. I don't know. The the guys that almost got the role right. originally um, playing the alternate reality versions of themselves, which is really a, a he's got a big ego. <laughs> Feige does to yeah. think that he's going to get Tom Cruise right. as a, a joke character that's tough um but never rule it out they have unlimited money if mm-hmm. you heard tom cruise john skrasinski and emily blunt were getting cameo roles in a new marvel movie you're gonna be like what the heck is going on around here? right so, you know you don't you're already gonna go to see it but you're gonna be like wait when is this gonna happen is this really happening i heard it's happening mm-hmm. so that has led to speculation because they are long time favorites of the fans to be um you know in the fantastic four yes yeah. the the um power duo that we all wanted to see but does this mean that maybe they won't be cast in that role for this one specific thing i don't know i don't think any of us know it seems like krasinski is very focused on directing right now yeah um but maybe he's like, hey, throw me in this little thing. We'll see how it goes, see how it works yeah. on set, and move forward with it. I, I would really like to see him as Reed Richards. Um, I just think, like you said, I mean, he's really into directing right now. Um, it is kind of hard to pass up a spot in the MCU. Like, if, if, if Feige came to him and was like, hey, like, we want to cast you as Reed Richards. And and to me, as a comic fan, like the Fantastic Four is, is, is centralized. Like that is probably the biggest it's number piece one. of history. And to be a part of that and be a part of that in the MCU, which we haven't had, like you can look at the past Fantastic Four movies and be like, okay, yeah, those are crap and what the heck. I don't want anything to do with that. And casual fans or whatever would look at that as like, Oh, why would they even bring the fantastic four into the MCU? Like, no, when they bring the, when they bring the fantastic four into the MCU, like that's going to be the biggest thing. It's definitely to me going to be probably bigger than bringing the X-Men in. Um, so if they came to him and they were like, Hey, like we want you to play Reed Richards, like that could be a possibility. 
Because I think Reed Richards would definitely be like the Iron Man of this Infinity Saga going forward. I think he's just too important of a person, regardless of where they're going with story, that you can just like shrug that off. So, I don't know, man. I, hmm. Well, I feel like that not even being, not even joking, like that would fund a lot of future films for him if, you know, he's young. Exactly. So if he wants to do this long term, be director and producer and writer and and star, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of money to make your own stuff. And I know he works with production companies, but if he wants complete control over what he's doing, yeah, I mean, look at what uh, you know the the money machine of Marvel has done for its top actors. Yeah, they don't have to take any roles now ever. No, it's up to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of control their situations. Absolutely. And I think you see that from Chris Evans because Mm. he really takes very interesting roles and things that he likes to do because he doesn't have to be in these random, you know, romantic comedies to make money and Mm -hmm. big blockbuster movies. Like he was in Knives Out, but he was like the the guy in the background that that got all the cool lines. (laughs) And like, you know, it was was loaded in the cast, but he was far from. Um, the attention grabber uh, in the story, but it happened to be he was one of the key figures, and and then uh, you know he worked with uh, oh gosh what's his name uh, that made it's another name game oh here we go <laughs> yeah take a drink if you forget a name on this uh, oh. podcast but um, the same director for, that made Parasite um, that did. Uh, Mm. The Frozen Train movie that I can't think of. Right oh my now. gosh! Uh, but it was very good, and it was just something that you know Chris Evans wanted to do, went for it, and it gives you those options uh, as an actor from the MCU that you can move forward and do whatever you want because that is all you have to do. You don't have to do anything for money anymore. You can do it for the art. Mm-hmm. And I think Krasinski is somebody that would really appreciate that. And yeah, I think he'd be a major um, asset to the universe and working with his wife would be great. And, you know, he could help uh, her and she could help him and it'd be fun. It'd be a lot of fun. I will say this. The alternative to that isn't a bad idea. And I'll give you my details why later when we do the list. But the alternative to him not playing Reed Richards and him playing who he's supposedly possibly going to play if cast in Doctor Strange 2 is not a bad idea because yeah well, we'll get to it we'll get to it I yeah the more we talk about it the more I'm intrigued yeah yeah because uh, things start running through my head right and have you already finished editing your top 10 list yeah it's, it's okay. completely I done I haven't touched it since you got here so, uh, so the the first first thing we got to cover here, Deadpool three is now official. Uh, the writers of Bob Burgers are taking over that role, uh, and it's probably going to be dirty. It's going to be you know yeah. the Deadpool we've come to know. Uh, I don't have too many thoughts about that. I think we pretty much knew that. We heard that Ryan Reynolds are, is going to be maybe the next ten movie guy, right? So, um, we'll see. I I in in just some of the groups that I'm in on like Facebook groups, uh, in particular, you know, like ones like open box mafia or like whatever, like 
there seems to be like a few people out there at least within those groups. And and it's probably a lot more than that, that like once they heard like Disney plus or like Disney was being involved in Deadpool, they were like, Oh, well there goes Deadpool. Like there goes my, you know, movie going experience because now Disney is in control of Deadpool. No, I don't think that's the case at all because they can't screw that up. Like Deadpool will be rated R. The writers have already said that. We already know that, like, man, I mean, it's Bob's Burgers writers, and I like that show, and I think it's really funny. They have similar S humor uh, it's to to Deadpool. Damn near the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited for Deadpool 3. I want to see what they do, because the ending of Deadpool 2 kind of left some things open. So it left everything open. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for that. Deadpool's become just one big parody to me, which it pretty much is. Yeah. Um, and so I don't. It's, it's like watching an episode of Family Guy. Whatever happens, I just go, "Well, that might be different in the next scene." Yeah. You it's know? it's fourth wall breaking, inside of fourth wall breaking, which was a line in one of the movies. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, it it's, makes no sense. Uh, it's entertaining. Yeah. I just I, hope. Uh, I hope they really figure out a way to get him involved in this universe without compromising him or them. Right. I don't. I think they. I think we'll they see. already have plans for that. To be honest, we will see very soon. Uh, there's no no announcement about when that movie might come out, but I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll find out over the next year or so when that will be coming. Hey, the way the movie Manus has been going lately, it could be two months from now. <laughs> they they're like, hey, we're going to be filming in December, right, <laughs> or something. And there's been some so. like insider sources saying that. Uh, the TV shows are the main focus right now because yeah. they don't have previous TV shows on Disney Plus yet. So yeah. the infrastructure um, of setting that up, uh, they really haven't done anything beyond Shield. Mm-hmm. So uh, and that's different than what these shows are going to be. Um, they're all different, and so they've all got their own thing going on. But I think once we see these television shows start coming out, we're going to get some focus back on the movies because they. They're not going to forget the movies are the money makers. Mm-hmm. The TV show are the payoff for the fans and yeah. they they will make plenty of money. But that's a Disney Plus I think bet. in a way the TV shows have are going to become the comic of this era. Right. In that uh more like hardcore fans of Marvel will probably pay more attention to the TV shows. They'll still go to the movies and enjoy the movies just as much, but like yeah, I don't I like I think they will kind of become like the comic of this era, um, which is fun. It's exciting. Yeah, to me, the TV shows, they literally only did it because of Disney Plus. Um, they wanted people to continuously watch a network. Mm-hmm. And if you're a Marvel fan, um, you didn't need to get Disney Plus to watch the movies. You can find mm-hmm. ways around those. A lot of us already have some of them either downloaded onto our computers that we got from iTunes over the years or in hard copy form. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not rewatching them all the time. Um, it's, it, just, it's when, yeah. you know, you get some feelings about it and you go for it. But mm-hmm. the TV show is something where you need Disney Plus to watch it like, right. consistently. Yeah. You can stream, of course, but there's going to be so many shows coming out that it's almost like, why not just pay this seven bucks or whatever to get the, the service? Yeah. And if you're so, a student, like you get a discount anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, 
we have reached the top 10. Ah, uh, I, I literally got like a Chills, feeling in yeah. my shoulders. Okay. Yeah, I'm, so I'm excited. I'm curious to see. So I tell me, you mentioned before we, we got on here, uh, you your list had kind of a theme. Kind of. Um, or a purpose at least. Yeah. Not really, but kind of. Um, so I think that my number one and a couple other people that are in the top 10 uh, purely came from uh, a, a couple weeks ago, I think. I went back and kind of like looked over uh, Jonathan Hickman's run for Avengers and New Avengers. And for comic fans that are listening to this, they probably already know some of the people I'm talking about. There were a bunch that I were on this list, actually, that were in that run that I wanted to put in the top 10, but I just couldn't. Um, but uh, Hickman's Avengers and the New Avengers is probably like the best comic, like Avenger-wise, uh, maybe of ever, ever. Um, if it's not, it's definitely top three. And I've just got a good feeling about the MCU and as it pertains to that specific run. So I feel like I'm going to be doing some learning. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to hear your expanded thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, I will preface my list by saying um, I wanted to choose people that I hadn't seen before. So uh, not one person on my list has voiced a single word in the MCU. Okay. So it is all people that have been hinted, suggested, or just speculated. Uh, on in the future or not at all speculated mm. um, there's only one person on here who has been in the series at all same um, no i have but technically that character really has not been in the series at all so i have, I have two people on this list actually that have been in the mcu which is insane but this list is basically created with people that we want to see going forward they could have been in the mcu already they could have just had the hints of mcu they could just be purely comic characters yeah. that we haven't seen before it so was whatever yeah it was just whatever so uh yeah i'm excited we can start with 10 start with 10 who wants who goes first you um me? you can go first I'll, okay so my number 10 these lists are going to be way more different than the other lists we have yeah absolutely it's definitely way a lot more. different we might only have we may only have Three. one person in common. Yeah. Well, no, there's probably more than that. But there might be. Yeah. Mine are some pretty big names, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like you're going to pull a rabbit out of the hat for half. Oh, list. definitely. So, uh, I'll be surprised if I've heard of three of your people. Um, no, I think you've heard of most the of them. You've heard most of them. Um, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if there's three I hadn't heard of. Oh, so okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm just waiting. So number ten, I actually had Wolverine. And I had Wolverine for a specific reason, and it was purely to be, it's purely that, like, how is he going to be introduced into the MCU, number one? And the biggest one is how is he going to be cast in the MCU? Because I think if he is cast as Hugh Jackman, that automatically creates a narrative that's like, okay, well, maybe this is how they're going to cast the rest of the X-Men in the movies going forward. Or it couldn't. But I think that he's probably the most because to me, if you're going to introduce any X-Men characters in the MCU, you have to start with Wolverine because I think, number one, he's the most recognizable and number two, the most popular 
But he's also like, you know, his debut was around the same time as like Captain America, as far as like timeline goes. Like he, you know, there there's possibility that like, you know, Captain America going back in time to stay with Peggy Carter. He's like, oh, you know, let's recruit James Howlett to come in. And like people are like, James Howlett. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's Logan. That's that's Wolverine. And, you know, that oh, that could be a huge, huge thing. So number 10 definitely was was Wolverine. And that was always going to be a Wolverine. That's actually one I never changed. But I agree big time. Um, once you get out of comic lore, nobody really knows Cyclops, Jean Grey. You know, they've mm. probably heard of Storm because of Halle Berry. Yeah. But in the regular world, Wolverine's the really the only one that's like super pop culture relevant. Right. So that is definitely the first guy you're going to have to go with. I love it. I like the spot you put him in. Um, my number 10 was Hercules. Ah. This is twofold. One, I think with Thor graduating, mm-hmm. sort of, it would be nice to get another god in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. And I don't know extensively about his background, background but I mean, let's be honest. It's a Disney corporation that owns this company, and the story of Hercules has yeah. been told in a separate way. Yeah, so that's true. That's true. They've already got the name with some clout, so mm-hmm. they would be able to kind of introduce him uh, in a way that, like, Marvelized. Even, yeah, even though he's irrelevant in the MCU, like nobody knows who Hercules is <laughs> yeah. at, if you're just regular, but you know the name. Right. right so right. you have a shot with, with a no name character that has a big name. Like it's a yeah. weird double entendre. Yes. But I think he would be easily, uh, ingratiated into the MCU system. Mm-hmm. And with his name already being Hercules, I think a lot of people will give him that chance immediately. Mm-hmm. And already have an association with the true Hercules, which is based on anyway. Um, and so I think that would be, I, I thought there's no way I can make this higher than number 10. Yeah, Because true, it's true. so, you know, really plucking from a, mm-hmm. uh, a pear tree. I don't man, know Man, look that at means, you, but, man. Hercules. But I was like, that's pretty cool. That's, I would love to see yeah. it. I think Hercules was a great movie, Disney-wise. And I think they could capitalize on this thing by yeah. uh, once Thor is done and gone, throw another god in there. Right. That man, look at you plucking awesome I, characters out of. You I know. needed it. Well, because obviously I've heard his name so many times before. Yeah. And then you see him and it catches your eye. Right. Even if you didn't really know him from the comics. So I got to tell you, I, I, I kind of want you to do number nine first this time. That's fair. Because uh, my number nine is. Mm. What are your thoughts on Hercules? Uh, dude, I I would be super happy if they brought in Hercules from the MCU because like he's <clears throat> man, he's like he's badass, man. Hercules is awesome. Like what? I don't even really like he's not even like amazingly powerful, right? Like Thor, but like he's just like a cool like he's the aesthetic is really cool. You know, he's huge dude with right. a freaking sword like a blunt object. <laughs> like, uh, that's just cool to me. I don't know. How closely I, based on the original story of Hercules is he in the comics? To be honest, I cannot answer that question entirely. Okay. I don't think it's that close, though. Okay. I think it's similar-ish in right. areas, but, like, it's not, like, as 
it's not what you would think. I think like it's not like. Um, I think they borrowed more probably from like maybe like Arnold. Or, I don't know. It's not even that like they borrowed. I think sure the directors maybe borrowed. I'm not sure. I would, but like I would be interested. Yeah, he just looks cool to me. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and I know it's not you know the Disney Hercules character, but just the idea of seeing Hercules in there, I think it would click with so many people instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, number nine has actually a full movie already, not in the MCU, and his name is Miles Morales. Oh, I think he would be a wonderful introduction into the MCU. Yeah. Into a Spider-Verse, uh, a web of spider movies. Um, and it's another prominent young African-American. Yep. Which I think that that's a big one. Literally a, a huge hole was just left. Mm-hmm. Um, because, they, they need miles, I think, you know? Yeah. I Marvel mean, needs miles. There's not many prominent black, uh, you know, roles. Blade is coming, mm. but, uh, if they did, you know, somebody like Blue Marvel, that could be that could be awesome. Well, I mean, too. in there right now, like there's just not that right, much right, going right. on. Well, there's not much. Yeah, and like, Sam, yeah. you know, can be Captain America all he wants, but he didn't come in as one. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think it would be a fun. Like you don't need to talk and sell him much because his movie already did amazing. But right. we don't have an actor um, for a real life version of him yet, so can't really base it off of that. I just think if you got somebody near Tom Holland's age, uh, young black American kid. Uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. I think he'd fit right in. I think the playoff of, uh, Tom Holland with another kid would be hilarious. Yeah, for sure. Um, you could have him come in as a befuddled guy and be trained by the, the Peter Parker who just got trained. You know, I don't (laughs) know how they would go about doing that. Right. You could literally have him jump out of the comics Mm-hmm. into the real life version accidentally through a Doctor Strange thing. Yeah. I don't know how they would do it, but I think they would do it well. And I would be very excited to see Miles uh, take the silver screen in the real world. I think that'd be a lot of fun. One thing that I find interesting so far is, all right, my number 10 was somebody that I thought could be interesting, like plopped in because of name, because of clout. Your, t- your number 10 name and clout Same thing. number nine somebody who's kind of been in but also teased because right. he was he was teased in uh what was it homecoming yeah um mine has actually already been in the mcu hero or villain villain my number nine is dormammu dormammu yes uh because the last time that we saw Dormammu, Doctor Strange made the bargain and said, don't come back to Earth. Like, that's it. So, like, Dormammu still exists. He's just not going to come back to Earth. And, as I said, with Hickman's run in Avengers, I think this is a possibility going forward with Doctor Strange is that because of the multiverse and the implications of the multiverse, and I'm getting, like, tingles in my everywhere right now talking about this, Because of the implications of the multiverse, we could actually see a Doctor Strange similar to the one we saw in Hickman's Avengers where there is such... Because one thing that we have yet to see with Marvel 
and you're going to laugh at me because of what happened, what we've already seen so far. And you're going to think, what could be, you know, one thing that we have not seen in the Marvel universe so far in the MCU is they haven't faced an entire universal collapse yet. Right. And if it gets to that point, Doctor Strange may bargain his soul for dark arts. And if he does that, that opens up a possibility for Dormammu's return. Who knows what happens to Doctor Strange? Because if dark, if in Hickman's run, we see Doctor Strange get like subdued to the power that he has because he's tapped into the dark arts. Like that's, man, I'm telling you, that could be amazing. Amazing. And if Dormammu returns at some point, you know, a lot of stuff could pop off because he's insanely powerful. He is probably more powerful, probably more powerful than Thanos. And if you don't have a Doctor Strange, if something happens to him when he's under this like, you know, trance from this dark arts and like he loses part of himself and he becomes kind of evil or not evil, but like not aware of what he's doing is evil. Um, yeah, man, that could be insane. Yeah. What happened to the villain from the first Avengers movie? The villain from the first Avengers movie? Yeah. Loki. Yeah. What happened to Loki after the first Avengers movie? Just in general. Well, I mean, he, yeah, he went from like super, super evil to like, right. you know, kind of. We've, we've seen this pattern before. Yeah. Of. Right. We need your powers right. to defeat a greater evil because we both have a common enemy. Yes. And yes. with Thanos, you're probably not going to see it because he disintegrated twice. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it wouldn't be surprising for Doctor Strange to go, dude, my powers are capped. Yep. I need the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Because both of us have a common enemy. Yep. Um, we've seen it many times in movies before when, you know, Loki turned good only when it was convenient for him. Mm -hmm. And that's usually a villain thing. So if if the bad guy has an incentive to help the good guys, they could. And yeah, I, I agree. I think that'd be pretty cool to see Dormammu roll around in the future. And I don't think that's if I was a betting, you know, guy on this stuff, then I would say that's not high odds, but very possible. Yeah. Because he's central to a lot of big things. Mm -hmm. And he's powerful, man. And probably the most powerful villain we've had so far. So, right. you know, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to say probably because that's incorrect. He's the most powerful villain we've, we've seen. Mm -hmm. um, because, a lot of villains are pretty underwhelming, actually. <laughs> yeah, there's so a far. lot that are We're underwhelming. building up to bigger and better villains. Yeah. Um, although, the universe kind of was at stake mm. if they didn't stop Thanos. He was going to keep going. Not to that extent, though. To I the, think... Yes, it wasn't a, an actual literal collapse, but there was a so, universal stake at play. The thing that's that I find interesting about that is, and this is actually a character, I, I'm just going to say it, this was a character that was probably like 11 or 12 if there was if we were going that far. Captain Universe. Because what we see in the course of Marvel Comics when it comes to Thanos is that, uh, to my knowledge, Captain Universe was never brought in 
to face Thanos because it was never that big of a threat. Right. Like with the multiverse collapsing, like it was in Hickman's run with the threat of the Beyonders, Captain Universe latches on to somebody and says, Hey, I've got, we got to do something now. And that's huge because that's literally like nature's defense system against that exact thing. So while Thanos would have, you know, wiped out half life of the earth and, you know, maybe continued, maybe not. I mean, we saw it happen in Endgame. Like he just kind of like retreated to his own, you know, planet and then used the stones to destroy the stones. He was just kind of happy with what he'd done. And then we get to the end and he's like, oh, I'm just going to wipe out this planet. We really, that's the most vicious we've seen Thanos. And he can honestly be a lot worse than that. Right. So, um, yeah, I would still, I, I still think obviously that's the biggest threat that they face, but it could get a whole lot worse than 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 Thanos. Right. Well, and Dormammu was uninterested in destroying anything. He was yeah. very happy with where he was at. Right. Like that's the other thing is that a lot of villains are very cowardly in that they're very safe and comfortable where they're sitting. Mhm. You know. Yeah. He, he's basically like Jabba the Hutt. Like, yeah. Literally yeah. Literally almost the same thing, but <laughs> like he was only as powerful as the people who worshiped him. Right. You know, and Dormammu was only as powerful as the universe that he controlled, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so he was like, I'm good on your universe. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, you know, if you can come over to my side, fantastic. And that's really ultimately what he wanted to do. But he was like, I don't want to rule the entire everything. That's too much work. <laughs> right. I need to lose weight to do that. So we went my 10, your 9, what, what are your 10, your 9. So I guess we'll do my 8 now sounds good. right um i would say my number eight would be somebody that we already know is coming anyways moon knight um purely based on the jeff lemire run in the comics and if they use that as inspiration that series could be probably the best series on disney plus easily like and it's not even that like Okay, so I, I am going to say that I'm biased because I really liked Inception. I really loved, I think Shutter Island is probably one of my favorite movies. It's in my top 10 probably of all time. I really loved Shutter Island. That was such a really cool movie. Um, and if they use Jeff Lemire's run from Moon Knight Comics uh, as inspiration for the show, that could be something we see is something similar to like a Shutter Island or a Inception type show. And I think that could be bonkers. And yeah, yeah I'd be so stoked if they used that as inspiration and, and that's what we get. Um, so I would say Moon Knight would be my number eight. Okay. Um, Moonlight might have made my list if I was going with people that uh, were absolutely confirmed. Mm, um, yeah, I think he's my, the only one. Yeah, and my, my thing was pretty much mostly i think one day they'll come but we're not 100 percent sure mm, yeah um my eight funny enough the one thing we did get very similar was wolverine I had, oh i had wolverine 10 yeah until i put hercules in and then i said oh, okay i'm gonna put hercules at 10 and then i jumped him over miles because i thought uh he's just a bigger name right, right? it's yeah. just like it's... it made more sense for him to be yeah. the one that had the bigger impact so 
Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to say. Wolverine, he's very big in Marvel, and moving forward, what he does is how the X-Men are going to go. Yeah. So he's <laughs> going to be the trendsetter, and I can't wait to see if it's Hugh or somebody else. Maybe they'll do X-23 or something like that. Mm. Uh, I don't know. That could be interesting. But uh, I'm, I think the X-Force is in the future, so mm-hmm. that could be a, a part of this, but... Uh, remains to be seen how they go with this, but the Wolverine is a proven entity, and I think if you were going to put a top ten list of most important Marvel assets, he would be on there. So he deserves a place on this list. I thought it was funny because when I said number ten was Wolverine, I saw you crack a smile, and yep. that was when I knew that he was like either number ten or pretty close. So yeah. I originally yeah. had him ten until I moved him. Right. That's awesome, man. I yeah, Wolverine is is huge, and there's no denying that his importance to the MCU. Um, that being said, I am on number seven now. Um, yeah. My number seven is actually Nate Gray. Uh, X-Men. Reason for this is similar to the Hickman's Avengers type situation, but it's not because it's a completely different story. Uh, I think people who have listened to the podcast before already know that I have an expressed love for Age of Apocalypse. Uh, and I truly think that that's a storyline that they probably would do within the Marvel Cinematic Universe as it pertains to the X-Men because of what they're getting into now. And that is the multiverse. Um, you know, it would be something long game for them, but I feel like if Nate Gray was even teased at all or popped up somewhere through like a Doctor Strange movie, like maybe Doctor Strange 3 or something along those lines, or maybe just like popped off in some other show, like if they did a season two of WandaVision or something and he just pops up or the name is dropped of Nate Gray, wow, that is massive because Nate Gray... Nate Gray only exists in that Age of Apocalypse storyline, if I'm not wrong. Like, that's where he originates from. He pops up and, like, travels through the multiverse into the main Marvel Universe at some point, I think. But he his origins lie within the Age of Apocalypse storyline, and that's it. So, like, if Nate Gray's even mentioned, you know that they're going to do Age of Apocalypse. And if they do Age of Apocalypse, that it's over. That's probably going to be... <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's going to be amazing. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I like it. I like hearing these names. Um, so my number seven is somebody who's been not mentioned, but insinuated. Uh, oh. Nova. Oh. See, he was on my like initial list. Yes. Um, honestly... I just think he would so effortlessly fit into a Guardian storyline mm-hmm. um, that has already introduced the Nova Corps. Yep. And it's just waiting to happen kind of at this point. So um, I don't know a ton about him, but I know that he's got you know some interesting background storylines and he's ready made to already enter the MCU. So why try to fit a round peg into a square hole? Yeah. If there's already, I don't know what I just said, <laughs> square peg into a round hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if there's already a spot for him, like he's a jump shooter and he's coming to play with a point forward. Like, right. Throw him in. See, I, 
so I had him on my initial list. I had a giant list and, and Nova was on there. And then I started looking at it and then I started looking at what's to come. And I was like, scratch that kid Nova. Because I thought, I don't oh. care what age he is. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> no, well, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is like, we already have the, we've, we've established that there's a Nova core out there. Right. Um, so it's definitely, you know, possibility that he comes in, but I think it would be kind of cool if they did Kid Nova first because that introduces Nova, but it also sets things forward for the kids because we're already getting a, a Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. So if we're already getting a Miss Marvel, then that means we probably might get a Miles Morales and we'll probably get Kid Nova too. And the rest of those like, you know, new Avengers, you know, squad. Uh, and something that is a possibility as well, which I teased earlier with yeah. John Krasinski. Uh, but um, that being said, I'm going to check my list again. I hate when I can't like unlock with my face. Sure. It's kind of strange. Um, what number am I on? Six. Uh, number six, I have um, Hyperion. Um, and I put Hyperion on here just because I, I did this kind of for laughs, but kind of for like seriousness. Like, Hyperion is basically like Marvel equivalent of Superman. And that could be nuts if he's brought into the MCU. Like think of like a world that exists where like Jane Foster is now the Thor. Like there's no Thor Thor. It's like literally just Jane Foster. Like while she in ha- like while she has that power, I think that would be She's more Thor. Yeah. I think that would be more along the lines of like the, I can't remember his name now. Oh my gosh. It just slipped my name. Thunderstrike. That guy. Um, he has the powers of Thor and he's appears as Thor, but he's not. So like if the hammer is ever out of his reach, he's human. And like that becomes a big thing because in Infinity Gauntlet in the story, the fa- the hammer is removed from him and he's human. And now they're out in space. What happens to humans in space? They can't breathe. So like basically like I'm pretty sure he dies or at least comes close to dying because of that. And I think that's basically Jane Foster. Um and if they bring in Hyperion, he's basically like you said with Hercules, he's kind of like a god in a sense. He's just immensely powerful or at least can be if if done in the right way. Uh Hyperion could be huge. Um but yeah, that some people might chuckle at that, but I, I put them at six. I expected nothing less than uh, interesting names to come up. Yeah. Um, my next one's cookie cutter, but I think it could be huge. Uh, Namor. Mm. We don't know that Namor is coming for sure. We have not seen any casting that's like, this is no doubt. However... All the winds have been blowing towards Namor being a part of Black Panther 2. Yeah. Um, and we know that Namor has affiliation with the Fantastic Four. Right. And so I don't expect the Fantastic Four to be in Black Panther 2 at all. I do expect them to make somewhat of an appearance in something this phase uh, in terms of suggestibility, name, something. Uh, I don't know when it's coming, but... I think Namor is a 
really nice bridge to the next the next big thing yeah in marvel and i'm excited to see how they play with it and where it goes well i think like we said earlier the fantastic four is probably the biggest entity to be brought in this round um so if you're introducing namor that that the implications are wild and that's funny because and my list is coming up uh <laughs> I did there's just no way around that. Right, I'm not surprised. But I'll get He's I'll get to why I, I like where you went with it. But I'll I'll also bring in a few other ideas for Namor when I get to him. Sure. Uh but my number five for me was actually Doctor Doom. And it's similar to the reasons why you have Namor. Right. Because if Doctor Doom pops off, like he has implications to other people as well. Not just Fantastic Four, but other entities as well. Mainly the Fantastic Four, sure. But if you bring in Doctor Doom, it's almost like bringing in the Silver Surfer or something like that. Like, if you bring in the Silver Surfer, you know Galactus is around the corner. If you if you bring in Doctor Doom, you know that certain things might happen or certain things will pop off or certain people will, show, will now show up because he's there. So, um... What's your favorite part about Doctor Doom? What, uh, As far as his background story, like, what makes him interesting to you? He's so... Uh, it's not even that he's arrogant. It's that he knows his abilities and he knows what he brings to the table. Once again, speaking on the Hickman's Avengers run, I'm sorry to do it again, but like, dude, I've literally just read this or went back over it. Like I said, a couple of weeks ago and I've been geeking out over it for a while now. But, uh, when we look at the Hickman's run, and I'm not going to say anything else because this actually pertains to who my number one is, but uh, at one at some point, Namor realizes something that he's done in this storyline isn't right, that he was in the wrong big time, and it's causing massive implications to the universe and bad implications to the universe, and he's having a hard time coping with it. So he goes to Dr. Doom, and he's like, yo, can you help me defeat such and such? because I've done something bad. And Dr. Doom's like, wait a minute, you brought this person back and you didn't come to me first. Like basically saying, you don't think that I'm equally as powerful or more powerful than this person. So like, no, I'm not going to help you. Screw you. <laughs> like, And he's right. like, by the way, I've got my own plans. And his plans are the ones that end up like getting somewhere with the story. So like he knows his powers, he knows what he brings to the table. It's it's un, it's almost like Thanos-esque. Like, he knows exactly what he's doing. And he's, like, super powerful. So... It's almost as yeah. if in a world where superheroes exist, if you are a doctor or a scientist, you have, like, a 3% chance of <laughs> having superpowers. Yeah. Good or bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's crazy. So, my number five is Doctor Doom. Ah. That is... It felt like the right spot for him. Right. And I was just, I'm excited. Like, I want to see him in this MCU. Mm -hmm. I think he belongs. I think he'll fit. I think he'll be fun. I don't think he's too overpowered to the point where we can't find some good matchups with him. Um, but I think his, his wit will be fun to see uh, on the big screen in this universe that has been created. I'm just genuinely excited about this character and the possibilities of him moving forward. And I felt like he deserved a spot on the list. Yeah. Period. I mean, 
Another thing to add to that is like, uh, what is he going to sound like? What it, you know, those are just things that we want to know. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we have an idea of what he probably sounds like, you know, based off of like Fortnite or based off of like cartoons in the past or whatever. We have an idea of like what he'd probably sound like, but we don't have like a definitive thing for like the MCU. So yeah, and I you think can that's always interesting have an idea, too. But until yeah. you hear it, you don't know because for right. the rest of our lives, when we think of Thanos, we're gonna hear Josh, Josh Brolin's Brolin. voice. And exactly. That is not yeah. If you walk up to a tree and you've never seen a tree before, you don't know what it's called. But as soon as they start calling it a tree, you go, "Oh, yeah, that's right. a tree." <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. Interesting enough, though, that your number five was Doctor Doom. My number four was Namor. Uh, Seems about it seems right. right. Yeah. So Namor, the reason I had him high on this list is because, okay, we talked about Black Panther 2, right? And we talked about, you know, what, why are they filming so quickly? I think it's because of Namor. And I will say that it's because when Namor pops up in the MCU, when he pops up at some point or another, he is going to destroy most of Wakanda. And that right there is going to be probably the biggest part of the MCUs at this point um, because of implications. Namor destroying most of Wakanda creates a storyline between, I think it would be like Shuri and him now, obviously, but like it also to me, and this is where I'm getting kind of crazy. But, like, I think that's how they write Chadwick Boseman off. Not that he dies, but what is the biggest part of Black Panther? The biggest part of T'Challa's powers, the biggest part of T'Challa's, like, lifestyle is he protects Wakandans. Right, that's his purpose. If he can't protect Wakandans, he's banished from the afterlife. I have a feeling that they're, he's going to pass, yeah, he's going to pass the mantle to Shuri because he couldn't protect Wakanda from Namor. And because of that, now Shuri is the Black Panther. That could be just one thing that they do to like write off Chadwick as T'Challa as the Black Panther. But him not being able to protect Wakanda is a big thing. And that's something that they did once again in Hickman's Avengers run, where you have this, you have T'Challa, he has the controls of this bomb to blow up another world that is coming towards ours to save everyone. And he says, I can't do it. And then immediately he is visited by his ancestors and they say, if you can't protect Wakandan people, you're not welcome here anymore. Like you're not welcome to our afterlife. And he can't do it. So therefore he's no longer like... Because he's too pure. Yeah, yeah. Because... It's similar to Captain America. And that's the story of Hickman's Avengers is it's very similar to like Infinity War and Endgame where they have to choose like, you know, well, only this time it's literally the world. It's not like one or two lives. It's the entire world. Are you willing to kill another entire world to save yours? And that's the storyline. The mini version of that is the Dark Knight when Joker plants a bomb on both. Yes. Yes, exactly. If you kill them, you'll save the city. Yeah. If you, you know, don't, then you're all dying. Right. And it weighs heavily on T'Challa. But because of that, his ancestors see it as, well, you're not protecting the people of Wakanda. And I think that's how they bring Namor in, is that he destroys most of Wakanda. And while he becomes 
a good guy at some point and helps, that's going to be a narrative between Shuri and Namor. And I'm going to take it a step further and say that if they bring in Namor, they're doing the Illuminati. And if they do the Illuminati... Tupac's coming back. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, if they do the Illuminati, man, stuff's really going to start popping off. Because if they do the Illuminati, we're talking about like the most... We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, my number four was You'll Namor. You'll get to that, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah. All right. My number four is Beta Ray Bill. Ooh. So this is really yes. just based on how excited you always are when you talk about him. I love Beta Ray Bill. I think um, he's cool. So I I think he would, again, Thor is in his last days. That doesn't mean he's leaving anytime soon, but he's already accomplished his story arc. Mm-hmm. Um, so why not get somebody like Beta Ray Bill in there for the next big boss man that Thor needs help with? I wasn't expecting Hercules to be here anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So I think Beta Ray Bill would be interesting as a a secondary piece to destroy something bigger and better than both of them or possibly as the way to write off Thor uh, in a perhaps a battle of two super strong beings. Yeah. See, I had I had two people that were on that list. Beta Ray Bill was one of them and the other one was Sentry. Uh, and I had those right. on there for the exact same reason, uh, was like passing the torch of Thor and stuff like that. And like how they could go about doing that. You know, what I think we'll see with the new, like Jane Foster is that she'll have Mjolnir. Thor will have Stormbreaker. If Stormbreaker, if Thor dies or what happens to him, Stormbreaker could be out so there and then it that. starts the little lightning thing and wham, you know, yeah, who knows, man. Beta Ray Bill is wham, super interesting. Bam. Uh, he's just cool. Uh, he's weird as hell. <laughs> he's really weird looking. Once again, it kind of goes back to like the Doctor Doom thing of like, what's he gonna sound like? What's he gonna appear as? You know, like how would they do it? It's it's super interesting. So, uh, I like that a lot. What do you got? Number three for me was uh Reed Richards. Um. And I put him on there because for those that know, I think Reed Richards is probably the smartest person in the Marvel universe. He's probably like top three and we've already seen like Shuri and Tony Stark and those are insanely smart people. We haven't seen Reed Richards yet. Um, Once again, speaking of the Illuminati, if they bring Reed Richards in, Namor exists. You have Shuri out there. You have Doctor Strange uh, with the possibility of Professor X coming in at some point, which also means Beast is going to be there at some point. You have the makings of the Illuminati. And if you do that, then you're going to have some really awesome storylines. Because basically, to me, and this is what I take from it, but basically like the Illuminati is... Like, so you have Tony Stark, you have Reed Richards, you have T'Challa, you have Doctor Strange, Professor X, uh, which is eventually, I think, replaced with Beast from the X-Men because he's also insanely smart. Uh, Captain America some at some point joins in for like a small portion. But like, basically, these are people that know how smart they are. And they're like, We've got to create our own little sect of superheroes and we're going to do our own thing behind the scenes because we know we're smarter than the rest 
and a we intelligence agency. Yeah, and we can create or do like uh have an effect on outcomes ourselves because we're we already know. We don't have any like emotional ties. That's the biggest drawback to Captain America is that he's not super intellectual. He's super emotional and he's a great leader, but he's he reacts on stuff like that. So when we saw that storyline of like worlds colliding and having to make that risk or having to take that step of destroying another world, Captain America is like one of the only ones that's like, I can't really do this. Like, I can't because we can come to a he's almost like the the quintessential superhero. Like we can come to a, a happy medium. But in the reality, there's no happy medium. So, yeah, if they do the Illuminati, man, that's that'll be insane. But also just read Richards and his implications for the Fantastic Four. Uh, there was another person that I wanted to put on this list that I couldn't, and he would have been probably in the top five if I could, was Annihilus. Um, man, like there's just so many things that they can do with the Fantastic Four that it's just... They could do probably five or six movies just with the Fantastic Four and make amazing draws off of that. Um, so yeah, man, Reed Richards, absolutely top three for me. I'm happy with that. Um, I've got Galactus number three. Mm, okay. Uh, <laughs> that is because I think there's so much speculation and when there's smoke, there's fire, at least in the MCU that Galactus will be the big bad of the next saga. Yeah. Um, and I think they're smart enough to know when to pull the trigger on something that fans are suggesting. Mm -hmm. And I think, what, 2027 to 2028, we'll be looking at something that's built up to him. Right. And we've never, as you've suggested before, we've never really seen a villain like him no. on a big screen. Mm-hmm. How do you even do that? Right. You know? And at that point, the theaters may be kind of an afterthought and reserved for like a show, you know, like because mm -hmm. every year more and more people are watching on home TVs. Mm -hmm. So the experience of going to the movie theater will likely never go away, but it may but be gonna, more personalized yeah. and turned into an experience rather right. than a movie. Right. I think by that point, we might have some technology that allows you to turn this beast of a being yeah. into a 4D experience of feeling his voice rather than mm -hmm. hearing. You know? Which we've talked I'm about. I'm getting a little out there here. No, no, no. We've, we've talked like, about that's that. That's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. Like Avatar gave us the insight into the new 3D. Mm -hmm. I think there's new technology coming for audio all the time. Mm -hmm. I think Galactus could be like, their big money play at something super unique, super crazy. Yep. And it shakes the room at a decibel level that doesn't hurt your ears, but it fills you up. Right. Like, cause you have to, you I'm, have to like, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Very intrigued. And I'm going to say this, I'm going to say a couple things because number two, my number two is Galactus, but I want you to do your two and one, uh, just for that reason, <laughs> because like Galactus is, is, is amazing. And what he represents going forward for the MCU, like, man, you're getting into some really crazy territory. Uh, 
And I, I'm I'm hype for it. Like you said, like we we talked about that. I think on the last episode, maybe that like it's come when, up when Galactus appears. Like you got to be able to like feel this because he's huge. He is immensely huge in comparison to anybody else we've seen. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Dormammu, but like he's bigger than that. Yeah, the and scale. that's the thing. Like his scale is just gargantuan. Um. And just his story, you know, like the interesting thing is like people have talked about, like, if if they're going to bring in Galactus, why hasn't he already appeared? There's so many ways you can get around that because Galactus, his origin is literally just that. He just wakes up. <laughs> he it's a space traveler named Galen who like discovers an energy source. Some crazy stuff happens. He comes he comes absorbed by it. He starts, you know, figuring out how can I harness more energy like how can i survive he goes into like a stasis for like i want to say like close to like a million years or something and then just one day he just wakes up and that's it so like you could easily do that uh it's not like insane that like he just would wake up like that's literally his origin so um i think galactus could be a massive character that's super interesting yeah um can you guess my number two? Mm. Um, Don't big brain this. Oh, I'm I'm trying. I, I'm I'm thinking too much, aren't I? It's very simple. Sherry. No. Okay. Much more simple than that. Much more simple than that. Way more simple. What have we done oh already? Gosh. A few times this list. I don't even. We were off by two on Wolverine. We nailed Namor and Reed Dr. Richards, Doom, probably. It's Reed Richards. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Because, as you said, the basically the reason is, well, if we had done top 10 characters to see moving forward 12 years ago. Yeah. Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the Tony Stark of the next saga. You believe that he can be like that big? Yeah. Then why not put him at number two? Right. Because Tony Stark would be number one or number two of mm-hmm. the last saga. So here he is for all the reasons that you propositioned and mm-hmm. anything else that they could possibly do. I'm um, I'm into it. I'm excited. So same as Galactus kind of covered yeah. everything already. All right. Um any guesses at my number one though? Is it someone we've seen before? This is the one character on this entire list that has. Dude, if we have the same number one, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna laugh. Uh, in the MCU. Oh wait, he's at a moment. I don't mean a big moment. I mean a literal moment. Like a just a. Like, like, the, his like name a moment. Been said. Like just literally, just that's it. His oh, his name's been, been said. said. That's and it. His his body's not been revealed yet. Oh my gosh. His name's been said. He hasn't been revealed. What if I said? I'll Adam Warlock. Ah, uh, yes. yeah. Adam Warlock. Dude, he was my 11. Yeah. I, oh. I I think the reason I have Adam Warlock there is really That's because good. we've been waiting so freaking long yeah. to see him. Like, we'll call, I'll call him Adam. Yeah. And we haven't heard since. And yeah. I think that was a post credit scene. Yeah, it was. And there's been so much that's happened since then. Yeah. It was the Guardians movie pre- 
or, or it might have yeah. been Thor, actually. No, I don't even remember. It but... was it was the Guardians movie. Yeah, before uh, right before yeah. Infinity uh, War. Infinity War, which yeah. has been like four or five years now, and of course it yeah. got put on hold because of the director. Right. So I'm just sitting here on pins and needles, waiting to find out. Like, so has his plans changed because it took so long? I don't know. I don't think so, but at the same time, it might have been because to me. Had they brought Adam Warlock in any sooner and we had him in Infinity War, that changes the entire landscape of the movies. Right. Because you're no longer worried about Thanos because it it becomes very similar to the comic in that Adam Warlock is equally as dangerous because of his alternate persona of the Magus. And once the Magus gets that taste of power... That's that's it. So Adam Warlock being number one, that's totally viable. In I, my opinion, he yeah. would have or it could be the Loki of the next saga, yeah, exactly. whereas he is yeah. introduced as a bad guy and he helps them defeat somebody like a Galactus. Mm-hmm. So yeah. to me, Loki would be in the top five of the last saga. I'm putting Warlock number one because it's not just about who is going to be great. It's who do you want to see? And I'm like, come on, man. I've been waiting right. long enough. Yeah. Can I see the guy? Right. So I'm 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 excited to see him. Now, in my like 2023 or whatever. My number 1 is shocking. You're going to laugh. It's not Silver Surfer. It's not Silver Surfer. Okay. You my my number 1 is actually a lot more he's been in this before. Do you wait, in our list or in the movie? In the movies. Are you talking about Howard the Duck? Nope. Okay. <laughs> but no. I'm just saying. It it's funny in the sense that like you're not going to know where I'm going with it, I think. But my number one is Thanos and the Black Order. Okay. And the reason that I say that is because of everything that I've already said on this podcast before. This was actually a buildup. <laughs> uh, so on, I think, the episode before this or the one before that, we, uh, we talked about you know what I've been thinking about since Endgame. And... The implications of Steve Rogers. And I'm sticking to that story because I think that that has the biggest implications going forward. Because I think that these heroes that we have that are left, that are alive, don't even know it yet, but they are actually in a different like reality now because of what Steve Rogers did. And that's the thing about the multiverse is that you're not going to know that you're in a different reality. You're not going to know that. Because there's so many things that could be so, so minutely different than the one that you were previously in. Like, there could be something so tiny that changed. Like, literally, the the color of a leaf could be different. But it's different. And because of that, things are going to be different going forward. And while Thanos was dusted, that doesn't mean (laughs) that he's not out there somewhere else He's in, in an some other universe. alternate universe. Exactly. And once again, very heavy handed on the Hickman Avengers. We get to a point with that run. Once again, like I said, the, the multiverse is collapsing. So literal universes are being destroyed. We're facing that same reality of our universe is now at stake because if worlds collide, boom, that's it. So we are forced to make that decision of 
destroy that earth that's coming towards us or don't and die basically. And, uh, what ends up happening is Namor channels that inner villain. And he says, you know what? Screw you T'Challa. Screw you cap. I'm going to do it because I'm the only one with the fortitude to do it. And he does it. He destroys another planet. He says, screw you guys. I got to do what's right to protect everybody here. And, and myself. And myself. Yeah. And we get to this really awesome scene where, uh, let me think. It's like, okay, so all the heroes realize what Namor has done. And they're like, oh my gosh, like, this is the reality now. We have become villains because now we have to kill other planets. And this has to be a repeating thing because the Illuminati now has this thing within their hand that goes off. It's like an alarm clock. Once it goes off, you have eight hours to destroy the other planet. And that's it. So there becomes this like countdown scene where you see all the, all of these guys and they're like, you know, coming to grips with like this almost like depression state. So you see Tony Stark who has a history of like alcoholism. You see him lining up literally an entire bar row of shots, but he says, and, and not what you're thinking. You're thinking, all right, he's going to take these shots. He says, no, he says, this might not be something that I can conquer, but I can conquer alcoholism. And that's like his last thoughts because they're down to like a minute left before they have to make a decision and they're not willing to make that decision. All of a sudden you get to zero and nothing happens. And they're like, you know, what the heck is going on or something like that? Like did what happened? Namor releases Thanos and the black order to do his bidding. And literally it's like Namor Thanos Cole Obsidian, Proxima, Ebony Maw, uh, what's his name? Corvus Clave. But you also have Terax, who's like part of this journey as well. So you have seven of the like immensely powerful beings. They're now taking that initiative themselves. So they're literally going to these planets and destroying them. The problem is Thanos has like a bloodlust eventually. Right. And he starts like bleeding it out. He's not just going there, destroying the planet. That's it. He's going there and like conquering and torturing and then blowing up the planet. And that's when Namor starts to have these second thoughts of like, what have I done? And then he goes to Dr. Doom and Dr. Doom's like, wait, you went to Thanos first. You didn't come to me thinking that I couldn't do something like that. And he's like, get out of here. But then you realize that Dr. Doom has his own plan. His plan is like immensely better. And like, it's crazy. It is so crazy. That's cool. And I think that that is something that we're going to see going forward. And that's what the ultimate goal of my list was, is because I think this is a reality. I think that this, the future of the MCU could be similar to Jonathan Hickman's Avengers and New Avengers run in the comics. It could be something extremely similar. And if that's the case, be prepared, buckle in. Because it's going to be probably, I would say, and I'm not beating, I'm not going crazy. This is honest truth here. If they go that route, I think it's better than the Infinity Saga. It could be. I definitely think so. Because the little thing that I teased at earlier with John Krasinski is even if they don't bring him in as Reed Richards, that's not a bad idea. Because if he comes in as alternate Captain America, boom. 
you have another Captain America another that Captain you can America. use. That's exactly what I was thinking. What was the like, heck? Wait a like second. that actually yeah, could work. Exactly. So, and, and you could have a battle for power between him and Sam. Mm-hmm. You could have, uh, oh, dude, you could do Hydra Cap. You can do whatever. Oh you want. my gosh, you could do whatever you want. Exactly. And, um, man, there's just, oh my gosh, like cannot say enough about Jonathan Hickman's Avengers and New Avengers. It's just so, it's I too like good. It's and too I, good. I like Thanos because, uh, the reason I, I kind of given up on Thanos being back in the MCU is because I think they don't want to compromise too much of the casual fan that goes, okay, I watched him die twice. Right. You know? But within the world, obviously, he's still there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a world where Thanos comes back. Right. And I think... The, but the, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Here's why I think you could be right. Because the character was money. Yo, dude, yeah. They loved them some Thanos. Thanos he was, was meme-worthy. Crazy. Yep. He was exciting. <laughs> he carried a movie. Mm-hmm. Cable doesn't look to have a huge thing going forward, so you want to keep Josh Brolin in the fold. Um, mm. I wouldn't be surprised to see wouldn't Thanos that be in the future. Really interesting. Cable versus Thanos at some point. That would be so crazy. We need Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan? Yeah. Where you at? Oh my gosh. Yeah. The, the well, Parent Trap sequel. Yeah. Um, but no, I think, I mean, just the potential of what what could be with, with that particular comic, and if it's brought in in that way, and that in that regard to the MCU is just it, it's it opens the door for so many crazy, crazy things. And I think what you said about the casual fans is somewhat true. But here's the thing, too. I think that there aren't that many casual fans anymore because of Infinity War, Endgame, and all of those movies leading up to it. Because I think that most people looked at what was going on in those movies and they said, oh, I'm invested now. I think we've seen comic sales actually going up because of that. Uh I mean, you've got writers like Donny Cates and and others. I mean, look at what Donny Cates is doing now. He's now transitioned Marvel into Fortnite. And Fortnite's the most popular game probably in the last, what, five years? Yeah. So, like, dude, like, comics have have risen. Like, their stock's risen. Uh, Marvel is becoming so big that I think... Casual fans are now experiencing this thing differently and are no longer casual fans. And I think that that's been the case now for at least a couple, two, three, maybe four years. What did they put up? Was it two billion? Two point? What was their sales for Endgame? Oh, yeah, it was insane. It was an insane I'm amount of money. Hey, Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's check this out. Gross. Two point seven nine billion dollars. I mean, can you put that, that is, in perspective? Wow. Two point eight billion dollars. Wow. One movie. One movie. So, while I agree, a lot of the fan base is becoming more and more ingratiated into who these characters are and what's possible. Mm-hmm. 
you don't get 2.8 billion <laughs> without a lot of casuals going, okay, let's yeah. see what this is all about. But so, I think but, the casuals, but they'll be back. Though, you know? I don't know. They'll, I, I they'll would be back when Galactus is Yeah. There. I would assume that the casuals actually were the ones that were watching Infinity War. And once they saw what was going on there, because they knew that Infinity War was like a, a huge event. And I think that once they saw that, they were like, oh. And now they know what Endgame is. And I think that's why those numbers are so high. Maybe. Maybe that's just me being weird. I but think Infinity War was around $2 billion. Is it? Uh, significantly less, I think. It was $2 billion. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, so like, eight- in my opinion, that gap was largely based on we want to see Iron Man, Captain America, Thor. But then they go, oh, snap. Yep. A villain one. Yeah. This Thanos dude is pretty pretty dope. And then you get and, intrigue for the next movie. You know, the finale bump obviously was big as well. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that they're like, what just happened? The villain just won. You know, Thanos, like you said, he's become so culturally culturally relevant. And he was a no-name. And I think that that is why things have popped off the way that they have. More people are invested in comic books now. More people are invested in the Marvel franchise now than they ever were before because of Thanos, I think. Because that movie, that's the first time we saw heroes lose. Yeah. Like, they don't Nobody had ever heard of Thanos before that. Yeah, well... No, nobody had ever heard of Thanos. Why would anybody um, have heard of Thanos? I think when people saw that little teaser that they did back in the day with the gauntlet, they were probably like, oh my yeah, God. I'm talking <laughs> like, about, like, well, oh, most I see of the mean. people I see that watch mean. these movies are not watching yeah. for every little Easter egg. Yeah. I, oh, I They're see like, who is Thanos? I, I don't know. Is yeah. it that purple? If you went on the street right, and talked right, to right, 30 right. people in 2012 and said, who is Thanos? Ah, uh, yeah. You'd get two people. Right. You know? Now it's like everybody. I see what you mean. Yeah, they all yeah, know him right. now. Yeah, everybody That's, knows Thanos now. That is the cultural yeah, popularity yeah, yeah, yeah. boost that we see right. from Marvel. So well, they can, to your point, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Because people will buy it. Yeah. And the thing with the multiverse that's so cool is that they can do that so well and make it not so weird. to like If there were casual fans out there that are watching the movies. They could watch that and be like, oh, I know exactly what's going on now. Because I think multiversal theory is like actually easy to explain within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's easy enough to where anybody can watch it and know what's going on. Because it's not really that difficult to comprehend. Like, it's basically just there's different realities out there. And they can be super small or drastically different. Like, and it's not that big of a thing to say, well, you know, you just have Dr. Strange break it down. You know what I mean? Like, right. That would be, smart. you know, that, okay. Cause the how yeah. is still incredibly confusing because the writers and the directors disagreed. So yeah, we still don't know how this all works, but we, we know what it is. There's alternate universes and realities all over the place. There's, you know, however many infinite mm-hmm. that exist. And so, that's what we know. You should be able to understand that there's a different version of this out there somewhere happening somehow. Yeah. Now they need to tell us if somebody's going to come here, how do they do it? You know? Right. That's that's what's waiting. Yep. But I think that that's a possibility, man. I think that Thanos and the Black Order pop off at some point and are brought back for that reason to what? end other, 
other worlds to protect ours. If you were to say this year Mm -hmm. is when it will happen, what would your guess be? Oh, my gosh. I would say you can't bring Thanos back in the next five years. Nope. It, it would, would have, have to be, be a long-term thing. Like 2029? Yeah. 2030? Which might sound silly, but it took 11 years to get to Thanos. Yeah. So, or, well, you know, that actually works. Wow, that's game. actually beautiful. Think about that. 10 years from now, we get Thanos again. That'd yeah. be pretty cool. Why not? And if nothing else, just and bring him in for two movies. The thing to realize about this this universe I'm speaking of, too, is that when I say Thanos, I'm not saying Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet and the stones. That's right. different. I'm just, just purely character. talking about the character Thanos because that's how he's brought back in that Hickman's run. And because, why would he have the stones anyway? Yeah. Because the thing is, is Captain America goes to destroy the first world because they're told that there's no way that you can stop this. And Cap and everybody is like, wait, we've got we've got a, a thing up our sleeves. Like we've got a we've got a card here that we can play. And it's revealed that every member of the Illuminati is in possession of one of the Infinity Stones. So that's how they keep each other in check. That's how they keep each other in balance because they know they're insanely smart, but they keep each other in check by saying, well, you're now in possession of one of the stones. They're counter punches. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Captain America actually wields the gauntlet with all the stones and he snaps his fingers and destroys that other planet. And that's the first time, but it destroys all the stones in the process except for the time stone. And that becomes insanely important later because then you have Captain America jumping through time to see other realities and stuff like that before he's confronted with, you know, what he has to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I, uh, man, I, I cannot say enough about that run and I'm sorry because I've been gushing about it for the last hour now. And that's basically been everything I've talked about, <laughs> but like, I truly feel like that's something they can do. That really is something they can do going forward, and that would be insanely cool if they did it. Well, from one comic to another, um, it's time to find out what has happened to our buddy um, that's fighting off mm. everybody and their mother. Yeah, <laughs> um, it seems, yeah. Episode four? Episode four, or issue number four, whatever you issue want to call it. Four, whatever. idea four. Yeah. Whatever we are ready, uh, everybody, we will get right. issue four starting right about now. Yeah, so we left off with uh, Matt Murdock being like destroyed by four gigantic dudes in the prison uh, and them leaving the prison with the doctor who's working for Fisk. Uh, Matt Murdock now comes to like, he's like coming to... Uh, and it's like in a dark place you can tell because it's like, you know, there's literally nothing. Like there's not a lot of sound. The only sounds he hears are like water dripping in the background. Like he knows he's like maybe somewhere underground. He's not really picking up anything. And then finally he does. He senses another person's there. And it's a familiar voice to him that says, had a feeling you were in over your head, Matthew. He says, Electra. And that's like a huge little moment there. Uh, and he says, I was down by the docks as well. I saw the whole thing happen. You're not the only one looking after the city is what Electra says, which is crazy because that's typically not something she'd say. And he'd say, he says, where are we? She says, underground. It's nice to see you too. And he says, Electra, what's going on? And she says, Fisk. And he said, what? 
his failing political run? She says, failing? People aren't voting for that goon, are they? Matthew, there's something I need to tell you. You see, when I found you at the docks, I was the one who took you to the hospital, which is where we picked up with him, like, when he was, like, re-watching, or, like, not re-watching, but, like, hearing the, the TV talking about, like, the destruction and chaos that happened the night before. Because uh, there's a lot that's going on in that scene. Um, but she's the one that brought him to that hospital. Um, and she said, but this time I can't risk it. She said, I did my best to heal you here, but it was difficult. So whoever you fought almost destroyed your body. Claire, uh, where's Claire? He asks, and why couldn't you risk taking me to the hospital? That's just it, Matthew. Fisk is up to something horrible. As soon as I got wind of it, I brought you here to protect you. But Matthew, you've been out for a little while. In fact, you've been out for three days. So three days have passed since he was destroyed in this prison. Like he's been just, his body's destroyed. And he's been out. She's been trying to tend to him. You know, he's confused. His senses begin to overload. His blood pressure rises. His heart begins to beat rapidly and he falls to the ground and passes out again. And this is now where we pick up days before. So this is while he was concussed and while he was out. We see James Ross addressing the media about a scandal that's come to light all of the sudden out of nowhere. He's accused of money laundering, fraud, and many other things, all of which have just come to light. Ross, for the first time during his campaign, looks befuddled. He's trying to find the words to address the people of the city. He sees Stephen Grant in the distance, but he walks away into the shadows. So this is a guy who's a millionaire who's been kind of helping his campaign and helping him get clout for his campaign, now walking away. So uh, Ross is now facing the possibilities of losing an election that he was like way ahead in the polls. Uh, as Grant begins to walk away, though, three police officers take him into the corner, take him into custody for the similar, uh, similar charges of tax evasion, fraud, stuff like that. So he goes to jail. And this is Stephen Grant we're talking about. So this is like the alternate reality, Mark, or not the alternate reality, but the alternate persona of Mark Spector, who was Moon Knight. So now Moon Knight is taken into custody. And he says, I'm not speaking until I have my attorney. The jailer says, who is your attorney? And he says, Matt Murdock. So it's kind of like a cool thing because it's like now we know that like he knows who Matt Murdock is. He's not just going right. to request Matt Murdock for no reason. Fisk, we now we now like transfer like over to Fisk. And he's in like this uh secluded area. It's dark. Uh it's it's close to where like we saw the doctor at where he had those like giant like cubes. He's breaking things down to now what we know as the Wrecking Crew. That's the four guys that broke out of prison. They are the Wrecking Crew. Uh, he's breaking things down to them. Uh, and the doctor is also instructing them on like how to take care of these cubes and like where to take them, how to transport them, what they shouldn't do. Like they're kind of sensitive. Uh, and he's, but then Fisk cuts in and he says, these are the routes that you need to take and these are the places you need to drop these off at. 
the Civic Center, City Hall, and the hospital. Just then, a guard intervenes. He says, well, you won't have to worry about him either. And this person reveals their mask and we see that it's Bullseye, his like right hand manned. And then we skip back again to the past. This time it's literally the scene where we saw like basically Moon Knight, like knock the doctor down in that little spotlight area. And we saw, we heard the sniper shot that hit right before his feet. And then we saw the truck come in and the rocket launcher shot at the, at the building and the building collapsed, like the side of that building collapsed. So we skip back to that and we're in like first person view now. And this person's like disoriented, barely moving around. There's bricks everywhere, smoke, fire. You hear the scry- like the cries of like women and children in the background because of what just happened. This person reaches for a rifle that's on the ground and picks it up. Uh, they say like, you know, son of a, you know, and then they get up. They start to stumble away. They're bleeding profusely and they duck into an alley to jump into a black van when all of a sudden that same black van is now hit by another rocket. This person, once again, disoriented, trying to gather themselves quickly, they pick up their rifle again, they run, and they jump into a manhole. This manhole leads to like this, what looks like an armory of sorts. Like there's guns everywhere. There's, you know, like trying to get his thoughts together, this person starts like grabbing everything they can. They grab a duffel bag full of guns. When they do that, all of a sudden, they hear the like tick, 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 tick of a grenade that has been thrown, actually several grenades that have been thrown down that same manhole. And we hear a villainous laugh in the background. And this person now with the duffel bag full of guns is now booking it to like a corner, like an alcove within this like underground system. The grenades blow off. The armory is destroyed. Explosions just like rip the place apart. And this person is off in a dark corner, covered in blood with obvious injuries, you know, like shrapnel injuries everywhere. And it's revealed that that was Frank Castle, the Punisher. So literally what we saw that night in issue number two was Moon Knight stopping the doctor to interrogate him, but the Punisher preventing him, basically saying, no, he's mine. And then it was Bullseye that had the rocket launcher that killed the people in the brick building trying to take out the Punisher and then hunted him down that same night. And now apparently thinks that Frank Castle's dead. That's where we leave off. Wow. Yeah. The so, world just expanded. <laughs> yeah. So now we have the Punisher, who is very much alive, but like clinging. We have Matt Murdock, who is clinging to life. We have Mark Spector in jail asking for Matt Murdock, his attorney, but he doesn't know that like he's out. Uh, but he knows we, we've established that. Now he knows who Matt Murdock is. He knows exactly that he's Daredevil because why would he ask for him? So all of these things are going on and we have this 
weird plan that seems to be going on with Wilson Fisk that we don't really know exactly yet. And Electra. And Electra, exactly. Electra, what is her role in this? <coughs> like she says, I'm here to protect the city, but that's like never been the case ever. So we'll, we'll see. Issue number five. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. That was a big episode. Yeah. I think it was a little more action. Uh, so. It was definitely uh, an introduction into what else could possibly be happening in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, you pretty much highlighted them, but what would be your biggest takeaway as a viewer from this, this story? Um, uh, my biggest takeaway would be the Punisher and, uh, and Moon Knight because I did this deliberately because I wanted to leave that angst there. Uh, Basically, the Punisher has been the one that's like going around, like behind the scenes, doing some insane stuff, like even for him. But like, there's a reason why he's doing it that hasn't been revealed. And, uh, you know, obviously, I think Fisk having not just Bullseye, but the entire wrecking crew at his disposal now is kind of interesting. Uh, and what their role plays into this going forward is kind of cool. Um, and the, the biggest thing to not overlook is that Fisk points out three places in the city that city he wants Hall, them to go. City Hall, Civic Center, the Civic Center, and, and the hospital. hospital. So, like, why those three places, you know, obviously we'll see later, but, like, those are extremely important places for the story going forward because of what's going on. City like, Hall, Civic Center, Hospital. Yep. Um, and once again, you know, Mark Spector basically being behind bars and waiting for Matt Murdock to show up as his attorney. And now we know it's been three days. You know, what could be popping off there? You know, there's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff for issue number five and six. Five and six are going to be pretty cool. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, this was an action-packed episode of everything. Yeah, yeah, this was fun. Is there uh, any concluding any concluding thoughts that you would have for the viewer? <laughs> um, honestly, to me, my concluding thoughts for this would be uh, read comics, man. Um, you know, obviously, this this issue we 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 delved into characters that we have we want to see in the MCU that we haven't seen yet or that we have seen that we think would be kind of cool if they did it this way or that way all of that was based off of comic books um for those that are kind of like casual fans of the MCU and stuff like that now i think is the best time more than ever to like really just like get into comic books you know whether it's like just looking up the comics explained dude on youtube or whatever man like I personally enjoy just like reading them. Uh, you know, it, it's, there's something cool about like the physical aspect of it, but like, yeah, man, read comics, man. Cause here's the thing with comic books, you're going to be exposed to a lot of stories that you didn't know 
existed. You're going to go into a lot of characters that are really awesome and really interesting. And when they pop off in the MCU, which it's almost guaranteed that they probably will, you're going to know a lot and you're going to be like, oh man, like just a little nugget of like Adam Warlock and people were going crazy about that. So like, yeah, I, read comics, man. Yeah, it's like a never ending story that you can access all the time. Yep. So I think that is a good takeaway of if you're waiting for something to happen on the big screen, make it happen in your own brain mm-hmm. um, or read somebody else's vision and, and play it out. This was a lot of fun. Uh, back to one of our longer episodes. So hopefully you made it through and joined us for the whole thing. Uh, we've got a lot of episodes coming out all the time now. Mm-hmm. So let us a lot know of stuff what we to come. can do. Yeah, a ton of stuff to come. Um, the world's shutting down again a little bit. So yeah, we'll have plenty of time to uh, keep recording and keep things coming rapid fire with uh, WandaVision coming out fairly soon. Mm-hmm. I think we'll have an exciting release day thing for that. Yeah. Um, a lot of cool stuff coming up. Well, maybe we could do a, uh, this is just a, this is just throwing it out there. Maybe January 15th, my birthday, we could do a live. Yeah. For like the, the release of one division. That would be sick. I think we could do that. Um, yeah. we'll have to make the full transition to, um, a YouTube presence, mm-hmm. of some kind of, I mean, we could do it live here and just figure out a way to stream it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Stuff I'm looking forward to, and let us know if you need anything uh, in terms of stuff you want to hear or stuff you think we should know, your ideas, your comments. Uh, very much open to everything. And if you're hearing this in the future and we got something right, let us know. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be crazy. Because <laughs> we'll probably forget this all by March. Mm. <laughs> um, but we're super excited about the next phase and everything coming up very soon. So. Join us for the ride, and we will talk to you guys soon. See you later. Peace.